0: Welcome to Bethesda Broadcast, the podcast of Bethesda Church in Huron, South Dakota. Today, you will hear a message entitled, Mosaic, Where Do You Fit In? The message is taken from 1 Corinthians, verses 12 through 27, where Paul is talking about how the body of Christ is both diverse and unified. We encourage you to open up your Bibles and follow along. So we just finished like this, this great week of ministry, right? We had um, probably over a hundred people from our church, along with a handful from you know, New Hope and a couple other churches around town, um, where we were able to share the gospel with, with hundreds of kids and people this, this last week. Uh, we had people with the gifts of administration, with gifts of teaching, uh, with crafts, music, arts, games, hospitality, I mean, did you see how much hamburger those ladies brown I mean that's a that's a lot just to help provide um, a meal for people and those are just a few of the things that people did uh, where we were united with the same goal to share the gospel with our community we witnessed a living example of what we're going to read in God's Word from 1 Corinthians 12 so if you open up your Bibles there hopefully you're already there um, I'll try to throw out some of the fluff and just get down to the meat so we get out of here um and we can uh get on with our afternoon but we want to make sure we focus on god's word too and take the time um, that it deserves so first corinthians chapter 12 we're gonna be starting in verse 12 reading down through 27 Um, but verse 12 reads for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body though many are one body so it is with christ Um, and so paul is using the illustration of a physical body to represent a group of believers in a local setting at corinth Uh, it's a great illustration because it's something we all can relate to right we all have a body so let's jump down to verse 27 so we kind of get the the bookends of the passage to help us understand it um and we'll read that, and then we'll go back and, and go through the rest of the passage. In verse 27, it says, "Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it." So he's talking about um, using our a physical body to represent what a uh, a, belie- a group of believers how it's supposed to look. Um, and he says in verse 27, when he says, "Now you," that's plural, okay? You as a group are the body of Christ. The local congregation of believers in Corinth are the body of Christ. Individually, each person is a member, or if you were to take that word and translate it literally, a limb, or a part of the body. So what I want us to think about this morning is that we, the people of Bethesda Church, are the body of Christ. We are individually members of it, but together we make up the body. And the two key things that are important to the body are unity and diversity. And those are the things that we're going to look at in these, past, in these verses this morning. Uh, unity and diversity. And as I was studying for the passage, um, I was brought to my attention that Paul kind of uses what they call an A-B-B-A pattern. So in verse 13, he's going to give a, a general statement about unity, okay? Okay that's the a part in verse 14 he's going to give a general statement about diversity that's the B then in verses 15 through I think it's 20 he really he digs into what is diversity so that's the second B and then in the last few verses 21 to 26 he goes back and he, he expounds on what is the unity aspect of it there so that's kind of the, the pattern we're going to follow um, today as we look at these verses, and it, it seems like when you think about it, it would seem like these these two things, unity and diversity, don't make sense together. If you want unity, then it would seem like you would want uniformity, everything to be the same, to look the same, um, but what Paul's going to say is that really it's the diversity that helps bring the unity, that really shows the awesomeness of God and who he is to bring people together. Um, that. That don't, the world says this shouldn't work, but God brings that diversity, makes unity out of it, and really shows his glory. That's why when Jesus says in John 13, 35, a verse you're probably all familiar with, when he's talking to his disciples and he says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's how the world knows that we are disciples and followers of Christ, by our love and our unity for one another. That's why Paul goes on to chapter 13 in 1st Corinthians is all about love because the the love and the diversity and unity need to go all together so um, when we look at verse 13 I was gonna kind of skip verse 13 and lump it together with 21 and 26 and make so it's not so choppy Um, but as I was reading through a commentary I realized the importance of why Paul put verse 13 to talk about unity first and then he, he goes on the way he does and he says in verse 13 says for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body jews or greeks slaves are free and all were made to drink of one spirit he's not talking about water baptism here he's talking about baptized by the Holy Spirit when you believe in Jesus' death burial and resurrection for your salvation you are baptized by the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is given To you and our unity doesn't come from outside the things outside around us or the things that define us it comes from inside it's the Holy Spirit that lives within us that brings the unity that's why he he uses verse 13 first to talk about what unifies us Um, and similarly in Ephesians 4 uh, verses 4 to 6 it says there is one body and one spirit just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is over all and through all and in all so the first thing we learn is that about unity is that the spirit is what unifies us it's what's on the inside okay it's not what's on the outside um our our appearance or the things that we believe it's the holy spirit that unifies us so what does that mean for today sometimes we get caught up in the things that divide us right it's easy to focus on the things that make us different from one another because those are usually very obvious Um, but it's the holy spirit that unifies us it's it's easy to look at maybe our social status or our background or our jobs or our our family history Um, those are the things that all they make us different which is good because uh, we're going to see we want diversity um, but we need to focus on when we look at somebody else in the church um, and maybe it's that you're under, you're not understanding uh, the gifts that they have or you're, how do we work together you focus on what's on the inside if they're a believer and they've accepted Christ as their Savior they have the exact same spirit that you have the Holy Spirit inside you um, so when we're tempted to look at what makes us different on the outside remember the one thing that makes us the same on the inside so he jumps from his general statement about unity to a general statement about diversity in verse 14. Um, just in case, like you talked about, you thought that unity meant uniformity, where we're all look the same, act the same, believe the same. He talks about, he, jumps, he goes to diversity in verse 14. He says, For the body does not consist of one member, but many. In case you can't quite understand that simple statement, he expounds on it by giving some practical examples in verses 15 and 16. He says, If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. we We need to remember here, um, Paul's talking in the context of spiritual gifts, okay? So he's, he, he wants the, he's answering the Corinthians' questions on spiritual gifts, a question they had on spiritual gifts. So he's talking in the context of spiritual gifts. The body is a, a group of people with many different gifts, um, all working for one goal, for unity. Um, and you were kind of wondering, maybe you're wondering, why in the world uh, does he is he using this foot, hand, um, and what's the second one, Now that I'm, the, uh, the ear to the eye, why, why is he, why would he pick these kind of things when he's talking about spiritual gifts, um, it almost seems like we're in some kind of cartoon, right, not, not the words of the, the Apostle Paul, um, but for the analogy's sake, he uses these two conversations, a foot talking to a hand, an, e- an ear talking to an eye, right? And you're wondering, how in the world does spiritual gifts and all that fit together? Well, we know when you read the rest of Corinthians that they had a problem of immaturity and, and arrogance, really. There, was, there were some believers that were just um, exalting themselves over others. Um, and so when you look at that whole context and you're wondering, how in the world does this all fit together? Um, I'm going to ask you a, question, a simple question that many of you probably will un- identify with. Um, how many of you think feet are disgusting like you would never touch somebody else's feet Uh, it's just they're weird when I walk around with my toe shoes you think I'm just the strangest person in the world right how many of you think that raise your hand if you think feet are disgusting okay only a few of you are willing to admit it in person right I'm pretty sure there's more of you Sawyer's got his hand raised high right now how many of you think hands they're just disgusting in the same way right hands are like right it's it's, it's a, in a sense a less honorable part of the body that most people don't really like to deal with versus your hands they're just normal a more honorable part um, so the, the less honorable um, gift or part of the body is talking to a, a part that's more honorable that's more used and he's saying well i'm just a foot i'm not a hand or i'm just an ear i'm not i'm not an important as the eye so i'm not a part of the body but the absurdity of that argument if you go on and read in verse 17 um, Paul Paul brings that out he says if the whole body were uh, if the whole body were an eye where would be the sense of hearing if the whole body were an ear where would be the sense of smell right okay if you don't have your foot it's a lot harder to get around If you don't have a part of the body it's a lot harder to get around it doesn't matter what part it is it's important to, to function as a whole and then when we come to verse 18 the reasoning behind why all these parts are important it says in verse 18 but very important word when you're reading the bible as it is god arranged the members of the body each one of them as he chose okay basically he says the same thing in three different ways god arranged them each one as he Each one of them as he chose it's God the Creator our Creator who gives us the gifts that he's given us okay so you may think that the gift that he's given you isn't as honorable or isn't as important but it's God who gave you the gift he's the one who gave you that gift Um, it's like um, my my oldest daughter Conley she's not here so I can tell a story about her and she won't be embarrassed but She's the oldest, and a lot of times uh, she'll make the statement, well, I, I wish I wasn't the oldest, right? And it's usually because either, A, she's, had more res- she's asked for more responsibility, or we expect more out of her because she's, you know, eight years old and not five years old. I just wish I wasn't the oldest. Well, a lot of times my response or Rhonda's response to her is, well, you got to take that up with God, right? Because he's the one that made you the oldest. I mean, it wasn't our choice that you came out first and not your sister's. Um, and that's the way it is with spiritual gifts really it God has given you the gift it's for the purpose of the common good and if you don't think you have a gift look back to verse 7 of the same chapter says that every believer says to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good every single person who is a believer in Jesus Christ has a gift Um, and God has given you that gift for a purpose to be a part of the body so Maybe you think of a puzzle. Some of you maybe are puzzle pieces. And you're thinking, you know, those people, that they like those thousand-piece puzzles, or I I think there's even like more than that, like thousands of pieces for this puzzle. When you're putting a puzzle together that that's big, the pieces are usually this small, uh, right? You get to the end, and what's inevitable? There's at least one, two, maybe four or five pieces missing. So you scour all over on the floor, on the table. Uh, Maybe your kid picked it up and walked away with it. Uh, whatever it is you usually find all of them eventually it takes a little work but sometimes you don't right and then there's that one piece maybe there's two pieces in the middle of the puzzle and it just it's not complete and there's there's just not as much satisfaction right to have, as having a complete puzzle that you finished um, it's like that way in the body of Christ if you're not if you're not using that gift it's it's incomplete so uh, we've seen that the body of Christ requires diversity um, And now let's move on to verse 21 to 26 where he talks about uh, the theme of unity in order to maintain unity when you have those diverse gifts you have to have a proper perspective of the importance of each member and that's what he talks about in verses 21 Um, in a reversal of roles in the previous verses we have a a less presentable part of your body talking to a a more presentable we have a reversal where a, a more presentable part the eye and the head Don't think they need the other parts of the body. Look at verse 21, it says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Um, It'd be like Olaf's body running around without his head and frozen, right? Most of you have seen that, and since I have girls, I am very well acquainted with that. Um, But Paul combats that thinking in verses 22 through the beginning of 24 when he says, On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. In those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor. And on our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. The parts of the body that Paul labels here as weaker, less honorable, and unpresentable are vital for the function of the body. Even though there are parts of your body, my body, that we, we don't want other people to see, you're still glad they're there. Because if they weren't, it would cause problems, right? Um, You may be able to still function but it's not the same if you're missing different parts of of your body and he uses that as an example analogy that the body of believers needs each person using their gift that God has given them to function the way he's he's wants it to function Um, no one gift is more important than the others and that's what brings the unity and again at the end of verse 24 comes back to the same thing if you look at all three sections of this passage all the way through 31 he talks about in verse 18 god arranged the members in verse 24 the second part god has so composed the body giving greater honor to the part that lacked it that there may be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another it's god who assigned each person Um, and then if you look even in verse 28 it says god has appointed so God is the one orchestrating all of these gifts bringing these people together to create unity in in the midst of this diversity so maybe you're here this morning and you have one of those more presentable public gifts um, that people see every day they it's more obvious um, and you think you can do it on your own you can't the eye and the head can't say to the rest of the body I don't need you like I said it's like a headless Olaf Um, he chose the gift that he chose to give you the gift for the common good of the church not so you could do it on your own Um, you can't even do it with people who have similar gifts right if you try to do it with people who have the same similar gifts as you it's not gonna work you can't function like the body you need the entire body Um, maybe you're here and you feel like your gift is insignificant it's not that important it's it's in the background hardly anybody ever gives you praise um, you know most people don't even know what you're you're doing um, you need to remember that in God's economy you are highly esteemed he says those things that we seem that seem weaker less honorable are actually exalted those are the those are the things that he thinks are extremely important the creator of the universe he looks at your gift that he's given you and the work that you do with honor and pride whether it's putting up chairs or cleaning or doing things like that that aren't as noticeable he looks on those with honor and pride and they're no less important to the function of the body maybe you're at maybe God is asking you to do more with the gifts and talents he's given you you may serve a little bit already but it's not that much of a sacrifice is God calling you to do more for the body of Christ um, you shouldn't have to be asked to use your gifts if you're a believer you've been given a gift um, you should care for the body of Christ, and you shouldn't have to be asked to say, "Well, can you do this or can you do that?" You've give, been given a gift. Use it. God isn't God isn't waiting to, for somebody to ask you. He's given it to you for you to use. And maybe you don't even know what that is. Maybe you don't have a clue what your gift is. Um, you're a follower. If you're a follower of Christ, you've been given at least one, probably more than one. Most people are given and blessed with many gifts and abilities and talents. Um, But if you don't know what that is, the biggest thing is just start serving. A lot of times you don't know how God has gifted you until you start doing something and God shows you that you're actually really good at that. Um, That's why he's given you that gift. Or, Or talk to the church leadership. There's different studies and tests that can be done to try to discern some of those things Um, or maybe you're here this morning and you realize that you're not a member of the body of christ you're not even a hand or a foot or a leg yet you're not even there you've never accepted what christ has done on the cross as the payment for your sins you realize that your sin has separated you from god and you need a savior Um, don't walk out the doors today without talking to somebody about how you can become um, a member of the body of Christ and how Christ can become your Savior and wash away your sin. And as we, as we stand to pray, um, you guys can st- go ahead and stand. We'll close here because we're a little bit late. But um, maybe take Paul's analogy a little bit further. Um, maybe there's, I, I believe that there's people here, members of the body of Christ at Bethesda Church, um, that have experienced atrophy. If you have never know what that is, it's where an arm goes dead or a foot goes dead because you just can't, it hasn't been used in a while. Um, For whatever reason, you've quit using the gifts that God has given you um, to serve the body of Christ. That's the reason he gives us gifts. And if you're not serving as a part of the body, you're hindering the body, right? Um, I read somewhere that your big toe, when you walk, it supports 40% of your body weight, okay? Compared to the other ones. The other four carry that other 60%, but that big toe is the majority. So if you lose that big toe, all those other ones got to compensate and carry 100% of the load when they were only designed to carry 60% of the load. That's what happens when you're not using your gift. Um, There's never a shortage of need. You heard about Awana. uh, Teachers, Sunday School and ABF teachers. Um, I, 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 I don't think I've ever been in a church where they walk in and say, you know, we've got all our volunteer positions covered, right? There's always a need. And imagine what, what could God do if there was more helpers in Awana than our kids? Do you think he'd send more kids, Jeff? Yeah, okay. Imagine what would have happened if instead of having like 100-some people at Super Summer Jam, we had 200 people imagine how many kids we could have reached imagine if instead of having 20 to 30 people go out and knock on doors and canvas the neighborhood we had hundred how many more people would that have brought that heard the gospel and had a chance to respond okay if you are a believer in Jesus Christ you've been given a gift and you're supposed to use it for the common good and whatever that may be um, maybe you think your gift is more important it's not um, God has given all of our gifts And brought the people here in this church together for the common good of building the kingdom and and showing how awesome and amazing he is by bringing many people from different backgrounds from different family structures different jobs together where the world says how in the world can that work it doesn't make any sense doesn't make any human sense right so hopefully you're using your gift to further the body of christ